Good morning. In today's gospel, we heard about two men walking on the road to Emmaus. It has been three days since Jesus was crucified, and they are sad and discouraged and bewildered. They encounter a man who asks them all about what has happened. They have no idea that the man they are talking to is Jesus. They explain to him that Jesus of Nazareth was crucified on the cross, put in a tomb, and now the tomb is empty. It is near dusk, and the man walks on. But as he turns to leave, the two men stop him and invite him to stay at their home for the night and share a meal with them. When they are at the table together, they offer the man bread and wine. The man breaks the bread and blesses the wine. When he does this, the two men realize instantly that the man they have been talking with the whole time is Jesus. At the moment of their realization, Jesus disappears from sight. When I listen to this story, what really strikes me is that the two men actually stop what they are doing and focus on the stranger walking along the road. The last three days have been very upsetting for them. Their world has been rocked. It would be understandable if they didn't even notice the man since they are so consumed with their own doubts, worries, and concerns. But instead, they see the man walking along, stop what they are doing, and speak with him. They show concern for him, and they invite him into their home and feed him. What I hear when I read this story is the importance of getting outside of myself and looking around. I need to take the time to notice others, notice what is going on as I move through my day. When all I do is focus on all the things on my to-do list, the deadlines I'm facing, the AP exams I need to study for, and my hectic schedule, I lose sight of those around me and what's going on in their lives. I miss things, and I lose opportunities to listen and help. I pass by experiences, and I don't even realize I've lost them. When we actually take the time to stop and quit focusing on our own needs and worries, we are given the most amazing opportunity to see and hear those around us who may need us. The fact that they stopped and focused on this man rather than their worries gave them the opportunity to see and hear something wonderful. I would like to close with a story I read, written by Jeff Olson in his book, Hearts Burning Within. It begins. There was once a little boy who decided he wanted to find God. He knew it would probably be a long trip, so he decided to pack a lunch, four packs of Twinkies and two cans of root beer. He set out on his journey and went a few blocks until he came to a park. On one of the park benches sat an old woman looking at the pigeons. The little boy sat beside her and watched the pigeons too. When he grew hungry, he pulled out some Twinkies. As he ate, he noticed the woman watching him, so he offered her one. She accepted it gratefully and smiled at him. He thought she had the most beautiful smile in the world. Wanting to see it again, he opened a can of root beer and offered her the other one. Once again, she smiled that beautiful smile. For a long time, the two sat on that park bench, eating Twinkies, drinking root beer, smiling at each other, and watching the pigeons. Neither said a word. Finally, the little boy, real, little boy realized that it was getting late and he needed to go home. He started to leave, took a few steps, turned back, and gave the woman a big hug. Her smile was brighter than ever before. When he arrived home, his mother noticed that he was happy, but strangely quiet. What did you do today, she asked. Oh, I had lunch in the park with God, he said. Before his mother could reply, he added, you know, she has the most beautiful smile in the world. Meanwhile, the old woman left the park and returned to her home. Her husband noticed something different about her. What did you do today, he asked. Oh, I ate Twinkies and drank root beer in the park with God. And before her husband could say anything at all, she added, You know, God's a lot younger than I imagined. 
The voice and presence of God is all around us, but it's not always easy to see and hear. It is difficult to separate from the loud confusion of life that quiet voice of inspiration. Unless you stop and give of yourself, you'll probably miss it. God talks with us in a quiet way. As we all walk our own road to Emmaus, God will meet us too, even if we do not recognize him. We just need to stop, listen, and open our eyes. In Luke 24, 13 through 35, the disciples come upon a stranger on their journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. This stranger joins them in discussion over the recent events that had happened in Jerusalem. As they continue on their journey, unknown to them at the time, this stranger they're talking to is Jesus. When they begin to part ways, the disciples urge for the stranger to stay with them, and he agrees. It wasn't until after Jesus dined with them, broke bread, and gave thanks that they truly saw his real form. Instantly, after they realized it was him, he vanished. Luke is one of four gospel writers to include this story of Jesus' Jesus's appearance to the disciples after his resurrection. Through their journey, the disciples hadn't come to see Jesus, but instead a kind stranger. You would think that after all the hours spent together, they would have picked up a little on Jesus' characteristics. Naturally, as everything I know is coming to a close, and my life seems to be one large cloud of chaos, I picked up on this message of journey. So here's how senior year works. Essentially, everything you know is now being uprooted, and a whole new life is being placed in front of you, eagerly awaiting for you to take it. And you want to desperately, but everyone else only seems to care about your past, the journey. Journey seems to be the theme of the year as a senior. Your journey through school, your spiritual journey, and most importantly, your personal journey. I swear, every college I apply to asks the same question, what is your journey and how have you grown? I'm sure every senior in this room, high school and college alike, are currently rolling their eyes because they are sick and tired of that question. But luckily for them, I'm not asking today about their journey, but telling you my own and by hoping that by the end you'll be thinking of yours. Origin stories, I think, are probably the most important of all the stories a person has to tell because this singular event sets you for on your road. So after I see, received my dad's blessing to tell our origin story, of how we became coming, began coming to All Saints, I figured, why not? It's 2000, and at the time, I'd only been attending preschool at All Saints. It was the middle of a Friday afternoon, and my dad received a panicked phone call from my mother, saying that once again, she has hit another car. My dad rushes out of work to find that not only has my mother hit another car, it happened to be the car of the rector at All Saints. <laughs> Let me remind you, we didn't go here, so as far as Jeffrey knew, we were strangers and some crazy woman had just hit his car. My mother's defense for herself at the time was that he parked in the middle of the road and he shouldn't have parked there. In which my dad snappily replies, Gia, it's his church, he can park where he wants. 
My dad walks up to Jeffrey, apologizing profusely, and says to get an assessment for the damage and that he would pay for whatever work needed to be done. They then agreed to meet on Sunday. On Sunday, my dad brings me with him, maybe for a sympathy card, I don't really know. It didn't matter to me because I got to go out to breakfast. So my dad and Jeffrey meet in Ellis. When my dad asks how much it costs, Jeffrey very calmly states, I've had the estimate done, it's around $1,300, but it's not that much damage, and I know I've had my fair share of accidents. Don't worry, you don't have to take care of it, I got it. My dad was in shock. He claims, to this day, it's the nicest thing a stranger has ever done for him. He told me that if a stranger could show that much compassion, that it must be one heck of a church. And from that day forward, I've gone to All Saints. Though I started coming to All Saints at the docile age of four, I can't remember one period of my life that, I have, that you guys haven't been there. Whether it was Miss Kimmel yelling at me for always being late for the past 12 years, or Joanne and I eating sugar cubes at her tea party slash birthday party when I was five in Ellis. Some of my greatest friends and mentors come from here. And these pews hold some of my favorite memories like when I got baptized at the elderly age of 12 and walked around the church dripping wet water dripping down my dress. And the, even the not-so-great ones, like when a friend and I accidentally broke the window in Ellis Hall with a bouncy ball. I don't think my dad has ever been angrier with me. All Saints has given me a lot more than I could have ever asked. You all have been instrumental in my growing up and the shaping of who I am today. Even when my road seemed endless, someone from All Saints would be there to support me, always. Now, how does this apply to what I had said earlier? I think that if you were to take anything from this, it's that God appears in mysterious ways. The, <laughs> the disciples had given witness that Jesus was raised, that he had walked with them and talked with them, explained the scriptures to them, and broke bread at their table. It's in these dark hours, when the road is long, that miracles can happen along the way. That when all seems lost, welcome the stranger that joins your journey or hits your car, because you never know what you will receive from your kindness, from their kindness. Thank you. <laughs>